0: If you're anything like me, uh, there's times when you listen to the news or hear about evil things happening in this world and and your hope is slightly shaken. You wonder why people commit heinous crimes. You wonder why some people can be so heartless. You wonder why it's so easy for you to practice your faith here and yet across the world, there's Christians that are suffering for their faith and you're troubled by all All other sorts of injustices around this world and you see that people are denied the dignity and value that they deserve and perhaps you are facing an injustice today and you wonder where God is you wonder can you trust him well today Jesus meets us in our appointed gospel reading he offers us a response to our hard questions It's here in this parable of the widow and the unjust judge that we learn what our posture must be like in a world of injustice and evil. It is here where we are reminded where our help comes from. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we are confident that it is inspired by you. Lord, we pray that you would teach us Lord, we pray that you would give us hope today, and Lord, we pray that the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So here we are in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, and to be sure, we must look at the passage in its proper context. The reason why Jesus is calling his disciples to persistent prayer and to not lose heart is because of their worry about the, del- the delay in God's justice. Justice as in for the Messiah to come and to establish the kingdom of God and to bring restoration to his people and to the world. And we see their concern in chapter 17, verses 20 through 37. The Pharisees questioned Jesus about God's coming kingdom. And as the disciples listened along closely, Jesus answered them in a way that they least expected. He told them about how the Messiah and God's kingdom would come in a way that they didn't have a framework for. And as the disciples were fretting about what they heard Jesus responds with this parable about the unjust judge and the widow. Jesus was calling his disciples to remain persistent in prayer for God's kingdom to come. And we, too, are longing for God's kingdom to come, right? We, too, are longing for the injustices in this world to come to an end. So let's look at this parable together. In verse 2, Jesus says, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my accuser. So here we have the apparently crude and cold judge. As Jesus was telling this story, the disciples were aware that this wasn't an ideal judge. They knew that God's calling for a judge was to be fair and just. As Leviticus 19 verse 15 says, you shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor." And then we have the widow, this woman who was a part of the lowest and most vulnerable group of people within their society. Persistence was her only option if justice was to come. She had no advocate for her. All she had was herself to plead her case against her accuser. And I think in some ways, we might realize that we are like the widow. We know what it's like when people do us wrong, when people accuse us of various things. There are injustices that we in the world experience both great and small. But the scriptures remind us that we are not dealing merely with human struggle. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We not only face enemies and accusers in the physical world, but we also face them in the spiritual realm. We face the demonic forces in our midst and the most wicked and accuser and adversary of all, Satan. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. And in Revelation 12, verse 10, St. John says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now have come the salvation and power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down. Who accuses them day and night before God. In our present time, we are longing for that day when the kingdom of God comes and the Messiah brings a final end to our accuser. We long for the day when the injustices in this world, both physical and spiritual, are done away with. I do think that the widow in this parable symbolizes our very own pleas and cries for justice today. In verses 4 through 5, Jesus goes on to say, for a while he, the judge, refused. But later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. Here we continue to see just how crude this judge is, just how much the antithesis of God this man is. He cares nothing about the things of God and is only concerned with himself. This judge is evidently no just or fair judge at all. He ignores the widow's pleas for quite some time, but eventually caves in. The only reason why the judge grants her justice is so that she won't exhaust him to his wit's end. He doesn't do it because it's the right thing to do or because he has compassion on her or because he cares about what God thinks. But in verse 6, the author, Luke here, uses an interesting change of words. At the beginning of this passage, you may have noticed Luke simply says, Then Jesus said such and such. But here, Luke begins this verse by saying, and the Lord said, indicating that we should be paying close attention here, that we should remember that this is our Lord, our master, the Lord of the universe who is speaking here. The Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Our Lord directs us to, the, to focus on the judge's character and on his cold and callous words as he grants justice to the widow. And how even this kind of crude judge can grant justice to someone who continually seeks help. And then Jesus redirects our gaze in verse 7a. He says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Let's remember here that the main point of this passage is that we are to be persistent in our pleas and prayers before God for justice. But here we are looking at who it is that we direct our pleas and our prayers to. You see, there is a world of difference between the unjust judge and God in terms of their character. The unjust judge was exhausted by the widow but god is never exhausted by his people the unjust judge was heartless towards the widow but god has an immeasurable, immeasurable amount of compassion for us he fully welcomes our pleas and our prayers he wants to hear the voices of his children it reminds me of being uh, of the joy of being a father and how compassion wells up within me as my daughter comes to me for help. And God longs for us to come to him day and night. And it's not that he wants us to say prayers of repetition until he finally answers or to um, exhaust ourselves in long prayer sessions until he answers, but he's simply calling us to go to him daily with our concerns and our needs. Persistent prayer means trusting that God will bring justice in our lives and in the world around us. In verses 7b through 8a, Jesus goes on to say, Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. Now some of you may be thinking, okay, if I'm honest, sometimes it seems like the Lord is not acting quickly. Or, I've prayed so long for this thing and and God still hasn't answered. Or, there's so much injustice going on in the world right now, so where is God in the midst of it? Where is God in the midst of the persecution of our brothers and sisters? Where is God in racial injustice? Where is God in child trafficking? And so on the list can go. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know how to perfectly explain this about why it seems like God is slow to act. But I'll offer you two things. One is that we simply have to remember that God sometimes answers our prayers in ways that we wouldn't expect. And sometimes quickness to us looks different than quickness to God. Our view of time is just a tiny lens compared to the lens that God is looking through. There is admittedly some mystery here, but I encourage you to not lose heart. Our God will act. He is acting. And the second thing I want to mention is a quote from the former Archbishop Michael Ramsey. And I'll warn you, this is a little lengthy, but it's worth it. In his book, The Christian Priest Today, he says, first, when you fret about the world and wonder whether God has gone away or whether God is dead, Turn to the doctrine of judgment. Recapture the lost biblical theme of judgment. God is indeed here, but here in judgment, upon a world which has wandered from his righteousness. Let the prophets and the apostles speak to us again of how the nations which neglect God, stifle conscience, and prefer selfishness do bring calamity upon themselves. That is what is happening in our world. God has not disappeared. God is here in judgment. As the psalmist vividly puts it, he gave them their heart's desire and sent leanness into their souls. Turn your fretting into the thought that God is here as judge and you will once again be near to God himself. Knowing God's nearness as judge, we know at once his nearness also in mercy and forgiveness. Friends, when it feels like the injustice remains far too long in your life and in the world around us, know that God hasn't gone anywhere, but he's always here present as judge and the Lord and the creator of the universe. And in his power and in his wisdom, he will act. And in the meantime, our action should be to bring our prayers before him night and day and to wait on him. The very fact that Jesus commands us to be persistent implies that we don't always know when God will act or will grant justice. But the scriptures assure us that God does hear our prayers and he will act. In verse 8b, Jesus ends this parable with a question for his disciples and a question for all of us, really. He says, and yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? If we zoom out, we might notice that this line is really the bookend to chapter 17, verse 20. Everything that Jesus said about God's coming kingdom and everything that he has said in this parable all leads to this very question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? You see, our hope for God's coming kingdom and our hope for justice is grounded by our faith in God. Jesus' question to you today is, that, is, do you trust that God hears your prayers? Do you trust that he will answer them? Do you trust that he will bring about justice? Persistence in prayer and not losing heart are the evidences of confident faith in God. If you remember a few weeks back, Jalisa preached on Luke 17, verse 6, when Jesus talked about having the faith like a mustard seed. And one of her points that I want to remind us of is that it's not the size of our faith that matters. It's not the amount of faith that we have that matters. So don't be swayed by those who shame you by saying, well, you you just don't have enough faith. What matters is, is that genuine faith is simply present in our lives, and that we're ready to trust God day by day. And then we must ask, who do we put our faith in? Of course, we have judges and leaders in this world. Sometimes they act justly, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they act out of compassion, and sometimes they don't. But one thing for sure is that the rulers and judges of this world are bound to fail us. But do not lose heart, friends. Our Psalm reading today, Psalm 121, says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Friends, the Lord God is our helper, He is the perfectly just judge. He's the one who sees our pains, sees the needs of the world, and is always moving. And one day his kingdom will come and all creation will be renewed. So, when you feel overwhelmed by this world, know that God is at work, standing as the judge, the redeemer, and the renewer of this world. Jesus modeled this kind of trust in the Father perfectly when he was accused of being a drunkard and a blasphemer. When the Jews yelled, Crucify him, he remained firm in his trust and the Father. He trusted that the Father knew what he was doing, and it was by his death on the cross and by his grace that we can confidently approach the throne of God. The blood of Jesus covers our sins, and this is truly good news, because if we're being honest with ourselves, we have contributed to some sort of injustice before. Yet by his blood, we have been set free free to love God. I'm free to turn to him in our every need. And unlike the widow in this parable, we actually do have an advocate. Jesus stands as our advocate and mediator before God the Father. Sin does not get the final say. Injustice will not go on forever. All things will be made new. The scriptures remind us that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us right now, praying with us as we pray, praying for us in our weakness. And so I encourage you, brothers and sisters, fix your eyes on the Lord. Bring your pr- prayers before him night and day, and do not lose heart, because God is with us. Amen. Amen.